Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike. That's Doug. Dude, you're back in studio. Dude, I'm back in the studio, our pre-Vegas blowout. Dude, speaking of blowouts, how about those sharks blanking the penguins last night? I was shocked. I was more than shocked. I I didn't watch the game, and I checked the score because I was going to watch it this morning, and I I really was like, mm, that must be a update from last year's <laughs> right like, yeah five nothing what martin jones of the shutout what? martin jones the shutout what upside down world do we live in who is this who is this martin jones well the pens have lost six straight so they're on yeah well they're on a real slide it's all marlo's fault <laughs> <laughs> completely completely yeah dude well you know i uh, let's start with them even though it's the sharks podcast i mean you you look at some pretty major roster changes that they've had yeah. over the last several weeks where they made you know the most additions I think of any team in the NHL uh, in terms of overall roster numbers right um and it's not really Carolina did quite a bit uh, they did but uh, I don't I mean Vatten is not even playing yet I don't think I mean they may have added the most quality of people but right. I mean these guys they added Brought back Sheary from Buffalo. They got Rodriguez from Buffalo. They got Marlowe. They got Zucker. Um, I thought they did something else, too. I mean, I think they at least got four guys mm-hmm. who are now playing. And how can that not be weird? Right. You know? Right. Um, so I'm not concerned about Pittsburgh. I think they'll figure it out. But, I mean, these are the sorts of things that happen in the preseason when you're adding four new players. Do you have Pittsburgh in the Vegas? Right. Man? You do. Oh. Damn. I'm I'm still not that concerned about them, but um I mean the thing I'd be most concerned about for them is that they have to play the Washington Capitals, you yeah, know. That's uh, not which good. I think is not good for them, but uh they're still they're they're not they're not as bad as they showed last night, but boy, I mean uh, the Sharks last night they they played really well. They yeah. they played really well. They scored a bunch of different types of goals. I like their overall team game, um, but on the on the minus side, Jacob Middleton. Yeah, I mean, and that was a bummer because I felt like he, you know, in a very limited time, had was starting to display traits of being a regular NHL player. Sure, I mean, you know, I I liked the toughness he showed a couple games ago. You know, stepping up and, and fighting a little bit. Um, he seemed to be making a lot of positive plays. You know, was, I mean, Mario Ferraro has been really good. Yeah, you know, yeah, and he's been he's been good all year. But I feel like he's been even better since Carlson went down. Which I don't think that has anything to do with Eric Carlson. But like, you know, he's just playing more and being featured more. Right. And he, you know, we heard about this that he was a little bit of a, you know, had a little sandpaper to his game, and I kind of I like it. Like he seems to get. It's a very competitive edge. Yeah. And it's fun to watch. I mean, so in in a bleak season, you know, yeah. you're seeing a, uh, some bright 
spots here, especially over the last two games where the Sharks came back and beat New Jersey. Yeah, that game I was it was two nothing, and I'm like, oh god. It's like New Jersey's so bad, and they go down two nothing in the first. I'm like, really? This is where we are. The Sharks are at the point where they go down two nothing to one of the worst teams in the NHL, and it's like, and oh god, I don't want to see this. And they came back. They sure. came back and won, and they and, they tied it. in not only like in late in the third, they tied it in the second period. Right. Competitive game. Third period goes to overtime. Couture overtime. And you know that overtime period. I don't even know. I can't even remember if New Jersey even had possession of the puck. I don't like think I they mean did. you. You saw, I think last week we talked about, you know, I, I think I think you made the bold statement, dude, that you thought the Detroit Red Wings, you would rather be them right now. <laughs> and I think reflecting upon this week, the Sharks still have some really talented players, which I don't think Detroit has. Like the Sharks True. have, and you look at that game against New Jersey, like they had, I think it was Couture, Burns, and Kane out there for like the three-on-three overtime. Yeah. And they just destroyed them. Right, like I mean, they right. destroyed them. You know, and the Sharks probably could have fielded a second three on three group that's even that was better than whatever New Jersey could have put out there. Mm-hmm. So as bad as the year has been, there's still a lot of talent on this team. And, you know, in the last two games, they've kind of shown the willingness to compete, compete. Mm-hmm. And some of these guys have stepped up. And while it might be too late for this year, might be demonstrating that. Maybe this isn't uh, apocalypse now. I, I agree with that to a certain extent, and and honestly, I'm I don't mean to be too Pollyanna about this, but in in some ways, having some of these injuries to Carlson and uh, and Tomas Hurdle certainly not good for the Sharks as a whole, but it gives some of these younger guys something to play for. And if if the Sharks had a veteran team and everybody was still in the lineup and the Sharks have no chance to make the playoffs and they're looking at this long stretch of a month month's worth of games that mean nothing, uh, it could be pretty brutal to watch both as a fan and even to be sort of involved in it. But now it's like there's roster spots. I mean, Middleton's out now. There's another roster spot for the taking. I mean, you're going to see some enthusiasm with some of these younger guys, even if they only hang on to the roster spot for a month. Hey, that's a month in the show. That's a sure. month in the NHL. Absolutely. They're going to be super excited about it. And uh, at least that injects a little bit of enthusiasm into the Sharks game, which at least makes it somewhat entertaining to watch because you can sort of sense that. I can sense it with some of these guys. You know, Liam Bergman is out and, and he comes back. And, and it's like you see these guys in the lineup and it's like they're happy to be there. Yeah. <laughs> and generally I mean, when a team is like, you know, 15 points out of a playoff spot, there ain't too many people happy to be there. And it it's frustrating that it seems like Timo Meyer all of a sudden has found himself, yep. right? And it's maybe taken the pressure's off. I don't know, but um, who knows? I'm hoping that you know now he can try and build on this and be be the player that they extended him to be. Mm-hmm. You know, and w- we need him to be a a presence on the ice and to score 30 goals. Like that's, that's what the steam needs desperately. Yeah. And the irony is he's probably going to get to 30 dude. Like he I mean, he's already 23, I think. Yeah. Like having a terrible year, really honestly, a, yes, a, a very disappointing year. But you look back at the stats at the end of the year, it's not going to look that bad, right? But we know it was not good for half the year. Not good. Maybe he can have a good second half of the year. And, um, and build on this. 
Um, you're right. The Sharks have a lot to play over. They're playing for jobs. They're also playing for the job of their coach, really. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to find out in these next 15 games, or sorry, 17 games, whether or not they want Bob Bugner to be their coach next year. Yeah. Because if they can find a way to be productive in these last 17 games, then they may earn him a job, right? That's right. That if Doug Wilson can go, gosh, there's been a lot of good things that have happened at the end of the year here in a really bad situation, and I think this coaching staff has a lot to do with it, then, and you could point at these two games this week as that, you know, they spanked Pittsburgh. They 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 destroyed them, and they showed a lot of guts by coming back in what could have been, uh, well, oh well, yeah, we're going to lose a, at home to New Jersey. We're going to get booed, you know. A game that honestly means very, very little. Right, and, and, and they didn't play like that. They wanted to win that game, and they came back and made it happen, and it was... Uh, yeah, I mean, we haven't said this much lately. It was fun to watch. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, it was fun to watch, and, and it was exciting to see them put in that kind of a, a real effort. And honestly, the, the rehabilitation of Martin Jones, which is way too early to really talk about in a serious way, but certainly Kurz has made a lot of noise, you know, and he wrote an article about it, which looks even more prescient now than it did two weeks ago or whenever he wrote it, that Martin Jones has played maybe some of the most games of any goal in the NHL over the last four years, and I think... Jones himself might have made a sort of a roundabout comment to that to that effect that, yeah, I've played a lot recently and maybe this is just a loading issue. <laughs> I'm laughing because you look at, you know, um, exactly what Vegas did here to kind of go to force Peter DeBoer to not do this to Flurry. Now you have Robin Leonard. Right. There's no excuse for doing this. You cannot ride Flurry into the ground. Another guy who's played a, a lot of games, you know, and now, you know, it's it's just we, we've said this a million times, dude. It's no secret that Jones's best year was the year that he had a great backup in James Reimer. And maybe that wasn't necessarily because, you know, now if we if we want to read those tea leaves from a different perspective now, maybe that wasn't necessarily because he had someone chasing him, but because he just played less. Maybe. Maybe he just played last year, or both. Yeah, or both. I'm looking, uh, you know, where I'm going with this. I mean, I'm I'm going to the Islanders because, in the you know, we made some noise about it in the first part of the year. It looks like basically the first man until God, late December they went strictly Grice, Varlamov, Grice, Varlamov, and Varlamov started two games in a row near the end of December, and and he's. And then they haven't strictly stuck to that, but it's very evenly split with the Islanders. And certainly the Islanders, Varlamov started quite a few games here lately. But I think this is one of those teams that we've just... lost quite a few of those games. May I throw <laughs> out there? That's as true. Well. Um, that's true. But... And and this that's one of those teams that we did not expect to be doing as well as they they were. And and you know maybe this is something that uh, the team might get a little bit more behind in terms of okay. We can't just ride Jones for 20 games straight or ride Dell for 20 games straight. We got to give these guys a rest. Interesting. Even though the culture of the game is such that you're never going to take yourself out. You're never going to say, nah, 
let me have a night off. And I know we talked last week, Dom LeCision had an article about loading of players and how they do it in the NBA where LeBron just like, ah, he's just not playing. He's just not playing tonight. Right, right. Steph Curry's just not playing tonight or whatever. And maybe the NHL should should take the lead and do some of that. Well, Dallas is doing that with their goalie situation. You talk about the Islanders, and I think that you know we may be headed for that in Vegas. And uh, it's something for the Sharks to consider, especially down the stretch here, especially with Martin Jones. I mean, Martin Jones just seemed to be a completely different player on Saturday. Like, he he was up at the top of the crease. Like, he was aggressive. And right. you know, we saw him at his worst this year where he's basically, if he could have been all the way inside the net, he would have been. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. Like, he just looked like at times he didn't even want to be out there. Like, yeah. I mean, he seemed not confident at all. And that was not the player that was playing against Pittsburgh. I mean, he played well. He seemed to be aggressive. Yeah, did did were there a couple posts? Sure. You know what I mean? But every, that's going to happen with every goalie. Yeah. And even so, they still would have won the game. If two of those had gone in, you still would have said it was a good performance by him. Yeah. yeah. He played well. So as we look down the stretch here, I think we're definitely going to see him more, and we should, because that might be... I mean, dude, I mean, you know, in an offseason of huge questions, I mean, it, it'll be a great debate in the offseason. What is the biggest question? Uh, you know, overall roster, goalie situation, coach, you know, because uh, I think some of these high profile coaches might want nothing to do with this unless they the Sharks can say, no, 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 we figured it out. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. But then if they figured it out then shouldn't they just keep the same coaching staff that figured it out? You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be interesting. I think it's good. Yeah, there's a good argument to be had for that. And certainly we'll be talking about this a lot more. But how, I I don't know how susceptible Doug Wilson or the ownership group, or the owner rather, would be to this. But if you interview Peter LaViolette and Peter LaViolette wants the job, like, how could you not offer it to him? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But I, I don't... Well, dude, of course. Uh, of course they're going to talk to those guys. I don't know. Like, I mean... Uh, of course they are. They're going to talk to everybody. Mm. I think they're going to talk to those guys. You got to you gotta make a decision. I think you got to... Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know. Like, I think that it's it's either they're going to go... When the season's over, they're going to appoint Bugner, or they're going to let him go and reassign the other guys back to wherever they were doing, and they're going to hire a completely new staff. I don't think you can say, hey, Bob, good job. We're going to talk to these other guys. We're going to talk to you, too, and we'll make a decision. Do you really have to tell them you're talking to the other guys? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they'll do that. I don't think that they'll do that. I think that um, they're either going to make a commitment to him or they're not. And and I don't know what the answer, the right answer is right now. I mean, we got we got 17 more games to see, you know, what these guys want to do. You know, I mean, yeah. who do they want to play for, you know? <clears throat> well, speaking of a team, speaking of Vegas, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights have now seized the Pacific Division, dude. They are uh, what only they're still uh, they're four points up on the sure. Oilers, but they've kind of come come out. They're eight one one in their last ten. They're right. really hitting the stride, sort of at the correct time. DeBoer bump, DeBoer bump. They're, they're seeing it too. <laughs> they're they're going to go back to the Cup Finals. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you look at the Western Conference right now, and. Um, you know, I think Vegas has a, a, a definite advantage because they're going to have a situation where likely they're going to have an easier path. You know, I mean, the Pacific is weaker and uh, the the wildcard teams in the West are not that strong. You know, if you're looking at it being Arizona, Nashville or the Jets, it's it's not 
like in the Eastern Conference where some of these wildcard teams could, you know, if you draw Carolina, that's sort of a nightmare scenario, yeah, right? right? That uh, Vegas could find themselves in the Western Conference final without much of a pushback. And St. Louis, Colorado, and Dallas will just beat the hell out of each other. That's right. You know, and then you got to figure whoever comes out of that, you know, they, they then have to deal with a rested Golden Knights team with two high-level goalies. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, dude. It, it's hard to bet against the Golden Knights at this point. Right. Especially given DeBoer's first-year track record, although it's not technically full first year, but... You know, we know how this goes with him, right? Yeah, we do. <laughs> We've seen it ourselves. Yeah, we saw it. We were the be- beneficiaries. It- and the, the Eastern Conference is, I mean, it's going to be a bloodbath over there too. Well, we, we talked about the Penguins losing six straight and the Flyers have taken advantage. They're now second in the, in the uh, Metropolitan Division. The Caps are ahead. And the Boston Bruins are still at the tops of the NHL in points, uh, sure. still ahead of the Tampa Bay Lightning, and it looks they look to be well well clear un- unless they suffer a pretty bad droop here in the last month. I, mm-hmm. I think Tampa Bay is probably going to have the two seed, and and I think Tampa Bay Toronto has got to be that's a great draw for the for the, oh, for yeah, the Lightning. Yeah, yeah. that's Toronto's a great draw. Incredibly vulnerable. <laughs> um, There's a lot of noise coming out of Toronto right now so, about the GM and everybody sure. else. And uh, I wow. mean, dude, I mean, but the, the um, if you're Boston and uh, I'm looking at, yeah, Carolina is three points out behind Columbus, but they've got three games in hand, and you're you're staring down a possible matchup with Carolina. In the first round now, now their goalie situation is a disaster right now. Sure. Like it's really bad, right? And the, and it may cost them a playoff spot. The fact that they didn't address that and they chose to address two defensemen and a forward, I think, you know, it, it causes some some question, right? Yeah. You know, that you know, they didn't they weren't the ones that went out and got Leonard. They didn't make a move for, you know, uh a, another goalie after the injury situation. Uh they allow are allowing these two AHL guys to hold down the fort until, you know, either Reimer or Morazic is back, which is already not, you know, an elite goalie tandem anyways. Um, but Carolina, even without Dougie Hamilton, that's that's not a, a matchup any of those top teams would want to see in the first round. And then even if you draw Columbus, like we saw what happened last year, right? Yeah. Now, this is a different team. Totally different. But still not it, it as enticing as um you know probably the western conference wildcard teams so um it should be fun I, i'll enjoy watching the playoffs uh you know for sure the vegas bet will be alive and well yeah yeah and uh we'll 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 have a lot riding on it that'll be competitive at least it seems like in some past years i i was i had all the worst teams and you had all the best i think and... you've got the i mean if i could switch rosters with you right now i would i know i mean you and got... if i could switch i definitely would not all right i mean you've got boston <laughs> you've got tampa you've got vegas uh you've got st louis i got the blues yeah you know um i have colorado which i i i, I like mm-hmm. you know i i I do think... And you have St- Washington. And I have Washington, which I like, which I think it wouldn't be shocking if it was Washington, Colorado. It really wouldn't be shocking. You know, I think that uh, we saw what Colorado was last year. Um, and 
St. Louis, I think at some point is going to run out of gas. I just don't know how they can, can do this again. Like after what they did last year, I think that they'll, they're going to crap out, you know, at some point. And I think it could be Colorado that knocks them out. Colorado Vegas Western Conference final would be amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Really fun. That'll be great. Um, and Colorado's got the best player. I mean, like oh, they've yeah. got the yeah. best player in that series. So um, it would be a lot of fun to watch. And then I just, I like the Washington Capitals, dude. Like I think they're a good team and Washington, Boston or Washington, Tampa in the Eastern Conference finals would also be really fun series. So I'm thinking that's highly likely that we'll each have one, one team left at the end and we'll see what happens. Yep. Yep. And, uh, it's it's funny how we're not really talking about the sharks because we just well I mean I, I here's okay dude here's something I want to talk about because I, I've heard a little bit more about this about Joe Thornton you know sure. not not being moved and um, we talked on the eve of the tread deadline and then you saw his comments the next day mm-hmm. which were he disappointed was, he was disappointed that he didn't have a shot I think is what he put it he, it wasn't put and you know Kurz came back at people. He wasn't disappointed that at Doug Wilson. He no. was just he wanted a chance and it didn't materialize. Right. And then we read after the podcast that those teams that he was rumored to go were never really that involved. Dallas never made an offer. Boston never made an offer. And I think the third team he was interested in was Vegas. Right. And and they didn't make an offer. So And I mean, I'm sorry. I really have a hard time believing that Doug Wilson would send him to Vegas yes. to win a cup. I, I mean, just don't I'd be like, listen, unless dude. there unless there was a first round pick coming back or something like that, I just I don't think that he would do it. You're the greatest player in franchise history, but I'm not sending you to no. our sworn enemy no, in the I, division. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Forget that. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. You know. There are limits here. I think that uh, you know, the the explanation that I heard from Elliot Friedman, which I thought was interesting. Uh, I might have been Pierre Lebrun. I can't remember. I listened to both those podcasts, which I would recommend to all the listeners. You know, both those podcasts are, are, are great. One of them talked about how the hesitation from the other teams was bringing in a personality like Joe Thornton this late in the year might be incredibly challenging for their own team's existing leadership group. Right. And that. It's not like Joe Thornton is going to be Patrick Marlowe and just come in and quietly do his job. Right. He's not just going to lace up the skates, go out there and go home. That's not his personality, right? And to bring him in a huge personality near the end of the year, they'd be concerned, not necessarily Joe Thornton was going to play well, right? but that he may inadvertently throw off team chemistry right right, right. Uh, I mean I could see Dallas having that issue specifically sure right you ha- this is the Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan show in right. Dallas and then all of a sudden you have the ex-captain of the Sharks Joe Pavelski the and two ex-captains and the, of the other Sharks. ex-captain of the Sharks Joe Thornton and all of a sudden is there going to be some sort of tension who is controlling the locker room who right. are the is it going to turn into two you know opposing clicks not that not that those players would want that to happen but if if the the tenor or the style of the locker room changes because you have big fun Joe there, right? I, I could under I understand yeah, that to a certain absolutely. Extent. So I thought the point was well made by Elliot Freeman on the podcast. He said, "So if Joe, this is really important to Joe Thornton, which I think we identified that it is. Right? Mm-hmm. Is he going to be back next year, dude? That's everybody says he's going to be back." 
I don't know. I, I, I'm not saying he's going to retire. Saying if this really woke up for Joe the desire to win the cup, which I think it's it's never like it's been gone. Mm-hmm. But I think if he ends up in the offseason looking at the Sharks roster and going, this isn't happening, right? right. Like uh, Doug Wilson does X, Y, Z. And Joe Thornton goes, no, I just don't think that this is happening. My best shot is to go somewhere else. Elliot Freeman's point is there would be no shortage of suitors in the offseason for Joe Thornton. Right. Because then you have the entire year to have him help you set the tone and be part of whatever it is that you're doing. Bringing him in at the end doesn't quite work. Right. So that's why I'm I'm not sure, dude. I'm not sure because I think that the same problem would happen again next year. Like, I I understand. I understand that. Yeah, I think I could see that too. But the on the other hand is that the risk is so much higher by making a move in the summertime, right? When you when you're moving at the trade deadline, we have a pretty decent idea of which teams are on top, which teams are good. The Boston's not going to miss the playoffs this year, right? He gets traded to Boston. They're going to mi- make the playoffs. They're probably going to be the one seed. Like that's well, sure. That's and- for sure. If he goes to Boston in the off season, David Pasternak gets hit by a bus and Brad Marchand goes to jail for spitting <laughs> on a guy. Right. Then all of a sudden, Boston's in big trouble and there's Joe Thornton in the middle of it. And it's like, well, why did I do this again? But I think he saw what the challenges were right now. Because I think this was really the only time he was ever available, right? Yeah. Ever. Yeah, yeah. In his Sharks tenure, right? And nobody nobody wanted him that where he wanted to go sounds like teams wanted him we don't know who right but he didn't want to go there so it, i you're right i i don't think it's out of the question i think it's just it's a it's a more volatile move if he moves in the summertime because there's just less certainty sure. that those teams are going to be great yeah you know it's you'd like to think that the the teams are going to be back again but you know, we had pretty wild differences of opinion about St. Louis this year, for instance. Sure. Like, I thought they were still going to be good. And you're like, I'm not so sure. And, you know, if they weren't great, I wouldn't have been that surprised. I mean, they win the cup. You don't know what's going to happen. You know, these kinds of things happen in the NHL all the time. I mean, look at the Sharks, for God's sake. Oh, yeah. Right? No, they're, Everybody they're expected the, perfect the example, Sharks. Though. They're the perfect example, yeah. right? Of And I don't know. I mean, uh, well, Joe Thornton seems to not be showing any signs of wanting to stop playing. Right. right. That seems to be the case so, for sure. And it sounds like that Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe, if they want to play for the Sharks next year, they will. Right? Yeah. So if that's the case, then, and they know that the Sharks probably are not going to be able to take that magic leap to the Stanley Cup magically next year, right? Unless there's some sort of incredible shift in goaltending, coaching, and scoring, right? Then... You know, then then they're sort of sharing what their overall priorities are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's going to be a lot of interesting decisions to be made here uh, by yeah. Doug Wilson in the offseason. Sure, it is not at all clear what the right way to go is. Uh, not at all clear. And and with the extra draft picks as he accumulated at the deadline, maybe he turns those into some real players. I mean, he certainly made reference to that right after the trade deadline. He said that doesn't mean we have to use those draft picks and draft players. We can use them for other other purposes and. Not that that necessarily tipped his hand, but if if you combine that comment with the comment that we're going to contend next year, 
Yeah, they it certainly have looks like he's going to want to trade those picks. Sure, yeah. it, it gives them options, right? You you want to have options, and they can use the pick, they can trade it, they can combine the picks to move up. You know, um, you worry about the overall state of the Sharks farm system being so uh, depleted that again, you know, continuing to mortgage the future for some sort of veteran signed player um it makes you excited for the contention and it makes you nervous for the future yeah. but um I, I i have a feeling that doug wilson is going to be a lot more hesitant to trade first round picks moving forward yeah i think we're really going to see him shy away from making those kinds of moves so i think the first round pick I think they're going to keep it. Okay. Uh, and, you know, I just don't... I think this is going to be such a a black eye mm-hmm. for the organization to be this bad and to not have your pick. Yep. Yeah. You know, Giants, they're bad. They got their high pick. Warriors are awful this year. <laughs> but they, are, they might have the number one pick in the whole draft. Right, right. Right? 49ers... They were awful two years ago. They got Nick Bosa. They went to the Super Bowl. Right. Sharks, terrible. <laughs> and they're going to watch Ottawa pick their player. Yeah, that's right. Ottawa's going to have two players in the first probably 10 picks. Yeah, I know. It's, 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 uh, it's going to sting a little. It's going to sting a lot. <laughs> it's going to sting a lot, dude. It's going to hurt. Especially since Eric Carlson has not been as advertised. Right. Like that. That makes it it'd be different if he had been great all year and not the reason why the Sharks were bad. And then he got hurt and you're like, oh, it's too bad. But I still think it was worth it. I I can't I can't say it was worth it. Right. There's I, a lot of people, I think, like us that are, OK, Eric Carlson's a great player. But if I could do it all again, would I do it again? I don't know. I think there's a lot of people who would say I wouldn't do it again. If you could go back in a time machine and like. You know, Doc Brown style. Yeah. And and stop this trade from happening. Keep Tierney. Keep Dylan DeMello. Clearly the class of the... Okay, well, let's talk about depth, though, dude. You're, I, you're I know mocking I'm, Dylan DeMello. I am mocking Dylan he DeMello. He just fetched a third round pick. I know. For I mean, reasons unknown. Well, dude, okay, if you could get back your first Dylan DeMello and uh, Chris Tierney something else too what was, was the well it's two firsts right it was a first chris tierney and Demello, and another first if they signed him and they signed him so it was two firsts Demello and tierney i think is what it was two firsts i was believe it this it was. year's first too mm-hmm. oh, oh god right so i that's a very legitimate question i you know i don't know how to come down on that i mean it's a little early he played great had stretches of great play last year stretches a really good play this year this uh, dude, uh, I don't. You, I would. Where's the time machine? Yeah, I. Where's the time machine? But but then okay, so then we, you keep Pavelski. Pavelski goes down to 15 goals. You keep Jonas Donskoy. I'm not even saying that Jonas Donskoy is balls unless he's playing against the best no, player in the league. No, you don't keep Jonas Donskoy. So, so the team's worse then. Well, how? Because you don't have a great defenseman and you have an aging well, forward you, instead. Can you use that money to? get a different player right maybe one who you know and we just saw 
you know, Carolina acquire Brady Shea, who's not a garbage player. True. Yeah. Who who's signed to a very reasonable contract. You know who played with Brady Shea, dude? You? Dan Boyle. Yeah. When Dan Boyle played on the Rangers, yeah. that was his partner. Uh, anyways, we're we're going too deep down the road. Yeah, we are. Here. We but are. I'm just saying that, you know, the Sharks have suffered from a se- severe depth problems. Absolutely. And this gutted their depth and it gutted their farm system by Yeah. And and you got one player back in return who has not been the great player that w- he was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. That that didn't happen. Not yet. Not and yet. Maybe it will. There's still more years. And I'm certainly hopeful. Yes. And I'm rooting for him. Me like, too. Uh, make it clear. I'm rooting for him. And it's nice to see some of these young guys actually try and seize the moment sure. here for the Sharks. Even Suomela scored the other night. And that's going to make the rest of the season actually a little bit more bearable, even though we know the Sharks are going to make the playoffs. They're not a really good team right now compared to some of the more talented teams, but at least we're going to have some some young players trying to try and make a name for themselves, and maybe that we'll see them steadily on the roster come September. Yeah. So that's something to look for, dude. Go yeah. Sharks. Yeah. Vegas! 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 We'll be tracking all our bets live on Twitter. Oh, Get ready to watch us make some money! <laughs>show want to get your questions on the air email questions at dudesonhockey.com dudes on hockey is not affiliated with the san jose sharks organization or the national hockey league